0: get a Kyle and to Susan, and uh, those are great examples of just uh, you know sometimes it's it's not easy to do, but it takes and it takes a little courage, but to speak up and to uh, and to be bold with our faith, to be Forthright, and I think that's what we see in the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and that's what uh, we need in our in our lives today. I want to just start this morning uh, recognizing the obvious, and that is that we live in unsettling times. Uh, even as President Biden gave his inauguration dress, address this past week, if you watch that, you could tell that one of his goals was just to kind of calm the country he spoke of unity he spoke of decency towards one another and i and maybe we heard his words and and you embrace him and like yes this is what we need or maybe you even scoffed at those words because you think the divisions are so great that nothing could uh, do what he was advocating that we do uh, and that is to live as a, a calm people with unity. As a country, we are unsettled. And you feel it personally. I know you do. I talk to every one of you. that, uh, And I've talked to uh, at least many of you. And the stress levels are high right now. And we are full of anxiety. I'll speak personally. I know that I am uh, tired out. I'm, I'm worn out just uh, spiritually. I'm worn out. It's been one of these seasons where it just continues to go on and the difficulties of this time uh, uh, unsettle our hearts and may even cause us to lose our faith in the Lord or cause us to drift spiritually. Do you feel unsettled? The political environment around us, the ongoing struggles with the pandemic, economic uncertainties, the strain of our relationships, health challenges, and all the other personal things that you are going through, I, I have a feeling that all of us have a sense within our hearts that we are a bit unsettled. But when I look at the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the midst of tremendous turmoil, they somehow have peace within their hearts. In fact when they are brought before King Nebuchadnezzar they do not even uh, they do not even feel the need to defend themselves just to give us a little background on the story again they are three among uh, they are the only three among thousands who do not bow their knee before the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has erected and uh, everybody knows what that means The consequences have been made clear. You do not bow, and you will be killed. You'll be thrown into a blazing furnace. And the king uh, hears word that these three uh, Jewish men have not bowed down, and he is furious. He orders the furnace to be heated seven times to its its normal heat. And and as they are brought before the king, Daniel 3.16 says... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. The settled confidence uh, in, our th- in our three friends' response to the king is remarkable. We don't need to set- defend ourselves. They're calm, cool, and collected. I would be like, I would not be that way. I would be wanting to defend myself. Hey, hey uh, this is what happened. Please hear us out. This is where we're coming from. This is our background. And yet they say, uh, we do not need to defend ourselves. Why? Because surely it is that it, that they are living not for the king or not for Babylon or not for any worldly success, but they are living for God alone. Their trust in the Lord is, gives them confidence they realize that they are in god's hands and if they are in god's hands then god will protect them maybe not protect them physically as we will read on with their words but they recognize that he will care for them you see here is one of the main truths that i just want to remind us of this morning or even challenge us with That if God carries us, then we can settle into his care. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that they were in the hands of God. If God carries us, we can settle into his care. They knew who was ultimately in control. They go on to say in verse 17, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand you see they knew their lives were in God's hand and that God was more than able to save them that God was powerful enough that God was strong enough there is nothing that your God cannot do I've seen God heal broken relationships that seemed unfixable And yet, if if God is on your side, he can heal your relationships. I've seen God heal people where there is no medical explanation for it. I've seen God cause someone to come to faith in him, uh, a person that I had written off that I never thought would come to faith in Jesus. There is nothing that God cannot do. I've seen God do the impossible over and over again. We continue to be moved forward in these desperate times. And I just want to encourage you to look to God because he is full of power and wisdom and strength. It is ultimately in the sovereignty of God that we trust. In Romans chapter 9, we get a glimpse into the emotions of the apostle Paul. And Paul, you can, uh, I'm going to read a verse and just as I read it, just notice his his the frustration in his voice notice that there is so much anguish in his heart he says in romans 9 2, i have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart for i wish that i myself were cursed and cut off from christ for the sake of my own people those of my own race the people of israel he says more than anything i just want my people israel to be saved but he cannot force them to become christians He's heartbroken over it, but there's nothing that he can do. And then he goes on to, to say in verse 14, What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this purpose, that I might declare my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. Does not the power have the right does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes, and some for common use? What Paul is emphasizing here is the sovereignty of God. That that God can do as he sees best. On some he has mercy and compassion. On some uh, he does not. It is his choice. And sometimes in, in the midst of what we are going through, we do not always understand why God does what he does. And Paul is challenging us to trust in the sovereignty of God that God's wisdom knows best, that God has a purpose. He says he even raised up Pharaoh so that Pharaoh's heart would be hardened so that God's uh, power could be seen against Pharaoh and that God would be glorified. Now that's a hard view of God to grasp at times, that God would harden Pharaoh's heart so that he could pour out his wrath against Pharaoh. And we don't always understand what is going on around us. It's hard for us to understand it and say, God is not fair in this. I've been persevering in this uh, difficult season for so long. And we want to question the goodness of God. And Paul here is emphasizing, and I think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would say the same thing, that God is in control. That whether God acts the way I want him to act or not, God is good. And he is wise, and he is omniscient and all-powerful. And I encourage us that if God carries us, settle into his care. Whatever he knows to be best for us, may we find peace in that. There's tremendous freedom when we rest in the sovereignty of God. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have all the confidence in the world that God can save them. But hear what they say in the next verse, in verse 18. But even if he does not, even if he chooses not to save us, even if we are thrown into the fiery furnace and we're burned to a crisp in half a second, even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. It is fully within God's power to save them. And as we go on in the story, we will recognize that he does. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, that to them, that is really an, a non-issue. They have made up their minds that they will worship and serve the Lord no matter what. What I'm impressed by... Uh, in in our in the example of our three friends here is they have no compromise we live in a world today in which people want to people are uh, are prone to compromise all the time even as christian believers if our lives are fully devoted to god are there areas in our lives where we would compromise when it would be easier to cut a corner or to or to um or to compromise our values or our convictions embedded in the word compromise is the word promise on the first Sunday of this year I invited many of you to uh, declare with me that this upcoming year we would worship and serve the Lord only and that in a sense is a promise when we stray from that then we are compromising there's one of the, today, the mantras today is be true to yourself. And I understand that, that, uh, that a lot of times that mantra is uh, uh, seeking to give license to doing whatever you feel like you want to do. But there is actually something beautiful in that, in that it is advocating no compromise. Be true to yourself. Uh, don't waver on who you uh sense yourself to be and the beauty of a relationship with god is is that he is the only one who enables us to truly be true to ourselves because he is the only one that can uh, really teach us who we really are he has created us and we are meant to live as a child of his and so when we so we truly find ourselves when we find ourselves in god I love that, because I think that's the example we see in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I think that's what we need to hold on to today, that our lives are in God's hands. And if God carries us, we ought to settle into his care. We oftentimes are tempted to compromise in our finances. We compromise in our thought life. We compromise in our relationships. Even the example that Kyle gave us this morning, there, is, there was a temptation for his friend to compromise in his relationship with God. I think uh, compromise at its heart is the idea that we're seeking to take control of our lives. In fact, as I have uh, wrestled with uh, temptation to lust, as I think every guy does, and as I have walked through that, that battle with so many people, what I've come to recognize is that even the temptations in our thought life are, uh, are, uh, are the seeking of taking control in our lives. Usually a temptation to lust or a temptation to financial indiscretion or whatever it would be is a temptation to say things are not going the way that I want them to go. And so I'm going to take control into my own hands in my own life it is to take control away from god and the problem with that is that then no longer is god carrying us and no longer can he care for us and so where are you tempted to compromise and I may may i ask why are you tempted to compromise in this area Is it because you do not trust God? Is it because you are frustrated with your life? Is it because you think you know better than God and his commandments? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not compromise because they valued God more than they valued life itself. They were willing to say, even if we lose our lives for God's sake, we will not worship and serve another, that he is of greatest value to us. Here are these uh, Here's this verse in uh, Dan- at the end of the chapter in verse 28. Now this is King Nebuchadnezzar saying, they trusted in God and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than worship and serve any god except their own god is god of greatest value to you is god more important than you that that you would be willing to give up your life for him now very few of us will be called to die for god physically die but all of us on a daily basis are called to put the desires of our sinful desires to death the sinful desires of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We are called to daily put these things to death. This past week, we celebrated Martin Luther King Day. And uh, Martin Luther King is a hero of mine, as I think a lot of uh, Christians would say that he is a hero of theirs. He's just this great example of faith. And uh, what gets lost oftentimes in, in the national celebration of Dr. King is uh, is the fact that his faith rooted everything he said and did. We see him as a, a, a great uh, civil rights leader, and he was, obviously. But at his heart, he was really a, a Christian and a minister. He was a preacher. And so I love to go back and read... Uh, sermons from dr king or there's a, there's audio of uh some of his messages and uh and i went back and i found uh this week a sermon that dr king preached on daniel 3 the passage that we're looking at here this morning and uh and i want to read part of his sermon because it's awesome uh, dr king said there are two kinds of faith there are there is if faith and there is though faith. If faith says, if everything goes well for us, then we will obey God. If we have our health, if we have our, if we have wealth, if we have success, then we will obey God. But Doctor King says, in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we see though faith. They say, they say uh, though the challenges are great and though there is threat even to our own lives we will still obey him let me quote from uh, martin luther king he said though faith says though faith says through though things go wrong though evil is temporarily triumphant though sickness comes and the cross looms nevertheless i'm going to believe anyway and i'm going to have faith anyway You see, I think we need more people with though faith today. We've got a lot of if-faithers, and maybe that's the whole point of this pandemic. That God is uh, weeding out the if-faith from our own hearts. that That the difficulties that press on week after week after week, maybe God is teaching us to have though faith. Though things don't go well, though the pandemic stretches on, though the economic difficulties are before us, though everything else seems to be crumbling, yet will I trust in the Lord. Remember the uh, Job in the Old Testament? His whole family was taken from him. His health was taken from him. He had no, he, his wealth was gone. Though the Lord slay me, yet will I trust in him. And we are called to live as though faith people. No compromise. Continue to trust in the Lord. We live in unsettling times, yes, but if he carries us, we ought to settle into his care that he will see us through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, you know, even if God doesn't protect us, even if he doesn't save us, we will yet believe in him. And so this morning, I want to give us some application And the application is to ask a question. What will you stand for? If actions speak louder with words, what will you take your stand on? As Christians, we're very good at uh, saying what we're going to take our stand against. My challenge for us is what are we going to take our stand for? Would you take a stand uh, for Kindness. In a world that is uh, so uh, full of division and harshness and meanness, you would stand out if you determined in your heart, "I'm only going to act in kindness, and I'm only going to speak in kindness." Would you take your uh, stand? Would you take a stand for encouragement? In which we are so uh, quick to criticize or to talk badly about someone or to, or to uh, uh, speak negatively behind their back. What if you were to take a stand for encouragement? What if you took your stand on generosity in a world that is so full of accumulating more and seeking, uh, seeking wealth and possessions? What if you say, I want to live as a generous person What if you stood for purity in a world, in a culture full of lust and trying to get others to lust after us? What if you stood for purity? What if you stood, and here's a big one, what if you stood for love and service towards others? In a culture that is all about me, service towards others stands out. And here's the biggest one. What if you stood for the gospel? In a world in which we shy away from uh, being bold and intentional with telling others about our faith, what if you made up your mind that you are going to stand for the gospel? I'll be honest, that's what's behind this series. Actions speak louder with words. I would love it if many of us determined in our hearts that we are going to use words in telling others about how to have a relationship with God, and I'll recognize that that and I and I recognize that that takes tremendous boldness. I wrestle with this. It's hard for me when I'm with my friends or those that I that I know to be as uh, forthright about the things of faith as I as I should be. But I believe that God is calling me to take a stronger stand, to stand for the gospel would you receive that from god today would you stand for the gospel with boldness every morning when i get up i take out i i have these huge cups of in my uh in my uh ca- in, in the cabinet in the kitchen and uh these are large cups i can keep track of these cups because the date is printed on them uh these are all USC cups that I get at the football games. And uh, so this cup is actually from 2016. And I use, this, and I use these cups almost every day. And uh, first thing I do, I fill this up all the way with water, and I down it. And then I fill it all the way up with coffee, or almost to the top. And then I squirt some ch- uh, chocolate syrup in it. <laughs> And then I fill it up the rest of the way with uh, some skim milk. And I'll get it almost to the top. And I'll even it, uh, and then I'll put it in the microwave a little bit because I like it really hot. And uh, I drink this every morning. Every morning I have a bit. I can't say it's a cup. It's a glass. I have a big glass of coffee. And usually I get it hot right before I'm about ready to leave the house. And so it's in the cup holder uh, next to me as I'm driving to the office here at church. Now, if I hit a bump too hard, what happens? The coffee spills out because I've got it too full. And here's what I'm convinced of in our lives we need to stop adding a little bit here and there, Uh, we need to stop compromising and to just have our trust in God alone so that when we hit the bumps of life that our trust is pure, that it's 100% devotion to God. I long in my own life to be able to say if God carries me, I will settle into his care. And I long for each of us to be able to do the same. If God carries us, to settle into his care personally this has been a difficult time for me and I'm sure it has for you as well as many of you know uh, Chelsea had the coronavirus a few weeks ago and uh, and ministry without being able to have the majority of us gather together on a weekly basis has been a challenge distance learning with the kids has been hard and uh and i can relate to whatever you are going through but maybe you are going through things that are completely different these are unsettling times and so my encouragement to each of us again this morning is to trust in the lord that god is sovereign and to put ourselves into his care if god's hand is over our lives and if god carries us then we can settle into his care let's go before the Lord in prayer father God I I pray that all of us would be able to have the same sort of confidence that Shadrach Meshach and Abednego had to be able to say Uh, God is able to deliver us. But even if he chooses not to, we will still trust in him. God, we are so quick to take ourselves outside of your care, to try to carry ourselves. And this morning, God, I pray that we would be able to come before you and just place ourselves in your hands again to recognize that you are sovereign and that you are in control and to trust in you. And God, may you continue to guide us and watch over us, to care for us, lift up our hearts so that we might be able to be filled with both peace and boldness, a boldness to follow you even when it's difficult. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.